Worship at Home Sunday the 21st of May 2023 The 7th Sunday of Easter Dear listeners, my apologies that this week's podcast is being published slightly later in the day than usual. It may have affected those of you who listen to it on a Sunday morning. It's published later because of the number of services I've had to do this morning uh, and no opportunity to pre-record my reflection yesterday. So rather than recording my reflection in my study, I have instead recorded my sermon as told at Whittington Church in Lancashire this morning at 9.30. So if it sounds a little bit disjointed with the rest of the reading, uh, please understand its context has been slightly different. I refer also to the Gospel reading. So if you'd like to read that in addition to the reading from Acts that I read as part of the podcast, the Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 to 11. That's John 17, verses 1 to 11, also referred to in my sermon. With God's blessings, I hope uh, this podcast serves you well today. Thank you. The Bible reading is from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing upward towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking upwards towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they had been staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is a chapel at Walsingham, the shrine. There are many chapels there, but there is one called Ascension Chapel. And when you look up at the ceiling, there is a little plaster cloud with two feet sticking out of the middle of it. It has been described invariably as absurd, strange, makes you giggle in different ways. 
But actually, St. Paul would be the first to tell us that we are fools for Christ as he himself was. There's nothing wrong with something that looks a little bit foolish when it comes to faith. Of course, you can see why there are feet sticking out of the ceiling in something called essential cha Ascension Chapel. But how often do we look up and consider what the Ascension actually means for us? It was Ascension Day last Thursday. Uh, we didn't have a service in team, and I understand there hasn't been one for some time. There is going to be next year uh, on Thursday, Ascension Day. But it often is overlooked nowadays. Uh, that bit between Easter and Pentecost, when four days before we get to Pentecost, we have this story that's told in the Act of the Apostles. Uh, of Jesus ascending to the Father before their very eyes. So what might we learn from looking up and considering the ascension? For some people, it comes with a real sense of loss. It reminds me sometimes of, of Mary meeting Jesus in the garden, how thrilled she must have been to see him again when she realized who she was with. And he said, well, don't hold on to me. Because what would be your first instinct for someone you had lost or someone you missed would be to want to just hold on to them and never let them go again. And here, they're having to let Jesus go again. Many resurrection appearances, they're just getting used to the fact that their great friend and teacher, their Lord, is back with them, eating, drinking, appearing here and there, and poof, off he goes again. Don't cling on to me. So it may be equated with a sense of loss, but it isn't. There's also a huge sense of gain in it. Gain because Jesus says, I'm going to the Father and you will receive the gift of the Spirit. So actually, it is actually the gain of a gift that is being given to them. And that really is one of the important elements of ascension. That actually, there's a thing here about Christology. My dear brother has been listening to a podcast recently and sent me a wonderful text message recently that said, so are your congregation Chalcedonians or Misa, uh, what was it, Misophites or whatever? And I thought, oh no, not this again. I remember having to learn church history at Theological College and we played a game called Spot That Heresy to sort of understand what our mainstream is. We're all Chalcedonians, by the way. And it's to do, it's to do with Christology. Christology is whether Jesus as God is more God or more man. And there's a sort of spectrum that, oops, I'm sorry, just losing, losing a, um, can you all hear me? Yeah. Good, that's fine. Um, so there's a spectrum of when Jesus was fully man, fully God, that actually, if you have a low Christology, it means that he was more man and so he hurt more and he suffered more, as you might see in some of the synoptic gospels. Or St. John's gospel is known for having a high Christology, that he was more God than man. And, and so he played along with the pain things, but actually he was God. So there's this whole spectrum of understanding how you can have uh, one God two, in two persons as Jesus 
the Christology of whether he's God or man. And it matters with ascension because it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking that Jesus was fully man and then he died. Then he was resurrected in some godlike state and then he disappeared up into the clouds again. But actually when he was resurrected, it's really important to understand he was resurrected as fully human again. Yes, fully God. Yes, fully human. He ate, he drank, he proved this, he was wounded and carried those wounds. The important bit comes, and this might not blow your minds away, but it did when I was reminded of it recently, that when he ascended into heaven to be with his father, it wasn't just his spirit going up, it wasn't some post-resurrection ethereal Jesus, it was fully man Jesus going into heaven. And so there's a joining there of God made man, which we see in the incarnation in Jesus' birth. But that incarnation happens again post-resurrection. So a fully human presence in Christ goes up into heaven physically, not just spiritually. So there's a real joining and understanding of God and human understanding being together in that. So it's why we shouldn't uh, look over the ascension as, as something that just happened. So there's that going up. And then we're told that Jesus is going to come back down in, in, in like fashion. Uh, we do believe in the second coming of Christ, but also he says that he's sending the gift of the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's what we come to in Pentecost. But between now this uh, remembering, looking up to see the ascending physical Christ and Pentecost and the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is a period. In that period, we hear in the Acts of the Apostles, they went back to the upper room and they stayed there and they prayed. And that is two aspects of what they're doing. They're praying, so fundamental to what we do in everything. But they also waited. And waiting is really hard. Think about times where you have been waiting, waiting for a hospital appointment. I could controversially say a GP appointment. Um, so waiting for an appointment, waiting for results of something, waiting for someone to die. There are times where we are in periods of waiting that are really, really difficult. And so the apostles here are actually helping us see how we cope with that waiting time, dedicating themselves to prayer. So there's a lot to actually learn from thinking and dwelling on the ascension, both in terms of how God and man are truly joined together in the person of Christ. We have a God who really, really understands us and our needs it also gives us the example of this period of waiting and how to drench ourselves in prayer during it. So there's lessons to be learned for any periods of our lives where we are waiting. So there is a chapel in Walsingham. I have to say I've never seen it. I've seen a lot of pictures of it and sometime I keep threatening to do a road trip to Norfolk because I both want to go and see the Ascension Chapel. I also want to go and see Julian of Norwich's uh, place in, in uh, Norwich Cathedral. So there are lots of things I want to do there, 
but I'd like to actually walk in and see for myself those feet sticking out from the ceiling. Absurd? Slightly. Make me giggle? Probably. But make me stop and think about the physical Christ with the Father. Um, knowing how to learn, to wait, to pray. And as we pray, he prays also for us. As we heard in the Gospel reading, that Christ is interceding for us in all our periods of waiting as we pray to him. Amen. Let us pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, for you have raised your Son from the darkness of death to the fullness of life eternal. To your right hand on high, by his death, he has destroyed death. By his rising to life again, he has restored to us eternal life. By his ascension, he has opened for us the gate of glory. Blessed are you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Today, as we rejoice in the Ascension, we give thanks for men and women of vision, for those who have shared their faith with us. And we remember those whose lives are clouded by doubt or despair, and pray for those who feel life is dull, that they may come to know the joy of the presence of the Ascended Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we rejoice in your presence with us, Lord, we remember those who feel lonely and neglected in our world and ask your blessing on all who are oppressed or struggling to survive, praying especially for those who are caught up in violence and war and for those not at peace with each other, with themselves or with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we rejoice in your love, Lord, we remember our loved ones, our homes and families. As we pray for our community and neighbourhood, we ask your blessing upon all who strive to brighten the world by their dedication and goodness, by their faith and willingness to sacrifice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we rejoice in your power, we remember all whose powers are waning the elderly and the infirm, those who are disabled and those who are disempowered by circumstances beyond their control. We ask your blessing upon all who are ill or have been injured in accidents. May they find courage and hope in you and in your abiding love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we rejoice that you are our great High Priest who ascended into heaven and that you are at the right hand of God making intercession for us. May our loved ones departed and all your faithful rejoice in you and rest in the glory of your kingdom. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We say together the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Th thy, sorry, be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those 
who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And the Collect for the seventh Sunday of Easter. O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with a great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. We beseech you, leave us not comfortless, but send your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to the place where our Saviour Christ is gone before, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Worship at Home. If you would like to receive a link to my weekly podcast by email, please do get in touch through Spotify for podcasters or at revlucylearn at gmail.com. Goodbye.